Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 1st in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we still have left at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. All right, we were live on Saturday. We were live from the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association Conference, CSPOA.org, that took place in Woodlands, Texas, right outside of Houston. Incredible two-day event. Man, sheriffs were there. Some of the members of the um, legislative bodies were there for the state of Texas and more. It was a phenomenal event, to say the least. I'm telling you right now, it was incredible. Glad I was part of it. Glad I had the chance to speak and tell the tale of liberty. Uh, On Saturday, we had our guest on, Mr. Steve Toth. And uh, it's stevetothfortexas.com. I don't know if you know, but he's a South Montgomery, Texas state representative. He's an ordained minister. He's also a local business owner. Wow. Steve believes it's imperative to restore the Constitution. Man, do we need folks like that, huh? Yeah, we got to defend the Constitution. We got to fight to reverse the trend going on in Texas, which is to jettison all things liberty. Uh, Sam and Steve discuss God family and country the value of cspoa.org and more several teachers in a middle school in wisconsin were placed on leave following a question that was asked to sixth grade students how would they treat slaves what what kind of a question is that for little kids or how would you punish a slave well first off i wouldn't have slaves but secondly uh, even if i did you know, how, how would I punish them? We got to talk about for what, right? And we got to talk about how we would jettison slavery. I, I don't understand what the agenda is by these liberals, by these extremists. I just don't. We also talked about crushed bodies and shattered bones. Yeah, Chinese President Xi says anybody who tries to split part of the country will be pummeled. Wow, that was our one of the broadcast. Hour two, we had on an incredible sheriff, a new sheriff named Randy Hargrove. And he's from Houston County, Texas. By the way, Houston County does not have Houston in it. We wish we had a sheriff like that. That's all I could say. The guy was tremendous, standing for the supreme law of the land. We also had on a- another guest, former Rockwall County Sheriff, Harold Evanson. He's co-chair of the Border Security Committee, National Sheriff's Association. We also talked about asset forfeiture and the fact that the Arizona House passes a bill to require a criminal criminal conviction before asset forfeiture can be used. I think we need to be really, really careful here about asset forfeiture. I know some people think it's an incredible tool to stop, you know, 
crime and drugs and cartels and everything else, but I, I don't believe so. I believe if you're not very careful what you do is you just encroach on thou shalt not steal. Uh, don't hurt me, don't take my stuff should be the idea on this one, folks. Now, look, I know you could say, well, it stops criminals. It denies them the, the funding. It denies them the assets they need to commit their crimes. I understand. But if you're not very careful, what it also denies is innocent people uh, and uh, denies people their property. And you need to be very careful indeed with that. I'll tell you that right now. So that was hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live on Saturday and hour two. Now, just so you know, we were live on Friday and Saturday at the CSPOA event. It was a tremendous event to behold. And we're going to be working on more events, too. Keep your eye on CSPOA.org for more details. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org with me. Welcome back, sir. Good to be with you, Sam. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah, we are live from the... uh, C- or not CPAC, from the uh, CSPOA event while CPAC was going on. A lot going on last weekend, huh? It sure was. I uh, was a bit uh, envious of you, of course, being at CPAC. I'm sorry, being at uh, CSPOA, and, um, uh, but, but delighted that you were able to get there to Texas. Was it uh, warm enough down there? I mean, had the uh, you know what? freezing you weather out, abated? When you walked outside, it was so beautiful. It was shocking to even think <laughs> how the heck could it be so cold, so how could it be just normal, then a cold snap, and then back to normal so quickly? It's, I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm not a big guy that believes in a ton of weather a manipulation. I mean, I understand there's harp, and I understand that, you know, they can do some things, but it, I don't know that they can control the weather to the degree that some people speculate. At the same time, it's hard to deny that how does it just get wham, gnarly cold snap, just so cr- and then just back to normal. I mean, it was normal as could be, sir. <laughs> Well, I was glad it was normal for y'all, and glad that so many good people were to, able to attend. I enjoyed the the interviews that you did, and uh, just found it thoroughly refreshing to hear people talk about you know taking uh, government back into their own hands and not leaving everything up to Big Brother. That was encouraging. Amen to that. Now we didn't get to as many of your topics as we had planned, but you did get a question some of the people live at the event. That was pretty neat. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. I and mean, some of these questions are are questions that are perennial type questions, the kind that you know really uh, drive at the heart of what the American people are made of. Are we going to be able to remain free? Are we going to be able to remain uh, well, preserve what liberties we have left and reclaim those we've lost? That's that's a big question. Amen to that. We sure got a fight ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. Pro life has been the battle. Since Roe versus Wade happened back in 73, they've killed over 60 million babies, and the count's not about to stop. Sadly, we've been forced to fund a lot of these dishonest murders by our tax dollars. Uh, they say it's pro-choice, but what they really mean is pro-death. The pro-life folks have fought to some degree valiantly, but not near hard enough. The former president, President Trump, has been one of the most pro-life presidents in my lifetime. I commend him for that stance. He continues that view and, and working in that vein, and I, I'm grateful of that as well. And after 48 years, you know what? We're starting to gain progress. People are releasing movies left and right to tell the tale of truth. We got the best one yet coming up, lol. It's called Roe, versus Wade, Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade, and you can... Uh... You can watch the trailer at it, about that movie at RoeVWadeMovie.com. If you're, if, and, and I recommend you do that. I watched this uh, trailer two or three times yesterday, and uh, I find this uh, movie uh, very, very interesting. High impact, high action, 
It's historically based. Um, it's emotionally gut-wrenching. It's a drama that will uh, re-educate uh, audiences about the real story behind the uh, the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court's monumental decision entitled Roe v. Wade. There is far more, Sam, to this case than, than meets the eye. I mean, I thought I was well-informed, but just the trailer alone showed me that I didn't know much about this case, or the machinations behind the case, the dishonesty, the pressure, the uh, the perversion that went on into the Supreme Court case. It was truly a win for the dark side um, back, uh, I think it was 1962, whenever. I mean, they they went out and scouted out, you know, they found a Jane Roe that would, you know, be their figurehead in this case. I mean, it's all kinds of surreptitious and devious stuff went into this. Now, now what the good, good good news, Sam, is that you can you can request a local screening of the movie if you visit the website, roevwademovie.com, um, and, and make the request. I've already emailed a couple people here in Utah County about it in hopes that we can bring it to Utah County sometime in March. I think we could pack the theater all week with people wanting to see this movie. Uh, we'll see about whether we can bring it here or not. You know, we've done that before with other movies, and I'd really like to see it done here with this one. Oscar Award winner John Voight plays Justice Warren Berger. But as you can imagine, Sam, there was very little support of the film from the rest of Hollywood, from most of Hollywood. But Kathy Allen, who uh, co-wrote, uh, co-directed, and co-produced the film with Nick Loeb, said the meticulously researched film has been many years in the making. The pair started this project uh, five years ago in 2016. And just one quote here, using just the facts, Alan and Loeb set out to present an informative and compassionate film about human rights. They both are advocates for the rights of the unborn, hoping audiences will decide for themselves on which side of the, of the issue they will fall once they see the movie. When given all the facts, my hope is that, and this is them talking, my hope is that people will see this film, in a, it, 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 that this film is about life and the civil rights of the unborn, said Alan, end of quote. So, Sam, I urge everyone to, to, uh, to see this movie, to put it on their, their list of things to do in the upcoming month or two, and then to end this, uh, and to help end, really, this horrific plague of abortion here in America. Sam? Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just kind of help you think about this for a second. There's a baby murdered every 89 seconds. What, in America, Lowell? Yep. In All the right. United States. In the United States. And if we're on the air for two hours, that's 120 minutes. You times that by 60 to get seconds, and that's 7,200 seconds. You divide that by 89 seconds... And they literally murder 81 babies. 80.89. So 81 babies. They murder 81 babies every day we're on the air. And even the day we take a break for the Sabbath. Quick pause. Liberty Roundtable Live with Lowell Nelson. Campaignforliberty.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, 
The nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, on your radio with me. We're talking about Roe v. Wade, the movie. Uh, you can learn more, ladies and gentlemen. You can learn more at RoeVWadeMovie.com. That's R-O-E-V-W-A-D-E-M-O-V-I-E. RoeVWadeMovie.com. You can request your own private screening this movie should be in demand everywhere. This is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to truth and the tale uh, of liberty on this and how dishonest the left has been in their pro-choice lies, their murderous intentions for well over what? Let's see, 73, uh, five decades almost? Right? Yeah. Where they've abused and murdered women and children? And you say, what do you mean, Sam? Well, women die too, folks. You just don't hear about it because the mainstream press covers it up because they delay calling for ambulances, et cetera, et cetera, uh, in the Planned Parenthood offices so they don't get caught. Uh, Abby Johnson uh, was involved in a movie, too, about this that really kind of lays it out of what happens and, and how uh, sinister and evil and satanic and murderous it really is. Let's be blunt and direct about the reality on this, ladies and gentlemen. So every 89 seconds, a baby is murdered. So over on the air for these two hours, basically, um, what, 81 babies murdered? Yeah, after 48 years, the untold story of Roe versus Wade arrives on the big screen. It'll be released on April the 2nd, so it's coming up in just a few days. And it'll be on Amazon Prime and iTunes. That's good news. TheNewAmerican.com has a great article about it, too, Lowell. Yeah, they really do. They do a great job notifying us about these. Uh, I remember 
the Abby Johnson movie, they did a full article on, on Abby and uh, what she went through in real life, um, you know, as an as a employee of Planned Parenthood or volunteer, I'm not sure what she was. I, I think she was paid. And, and uh, they also uh, did an article on that other movie um, about that doctor who is uh, um, doing performing abortions and, and in unclean uh, environments and had done like 30,000 uh, or something like that. And so the, the New American does a great job in notifying us of these things. So, uh, By the way, the, at the CSPO event on Saturday, we were talking about the New American and how they do a phenomenal <laughs> job, and we're like, hey, it's the New American. It's not the ones that are coming across the border illegally. This is a magazine, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, we're we're kind of highlighting that reality for folks to contemplate uh, as well. Ladies and gentlemen, coronavirus cases are plummeting. you got to wonder why, Lol. Yes, the big red Scary numbers are all going down, folks. Check any newspaper or any COVID tracking website you want. Cases, deaths, hospitalizations, everything's going down and going down sharply. It has been that way for weeks, especially in the U.S. and the U.K. So why are these numbers dropping? Well, the lamestream media would have you believe that vaccines and lockdowns have finally taken effect. <laughs> but it's not and, because... And hold the, on, Lowell, for a second, because yeah. history repeats itself. All the other... Uh, illnesses in the world. They try to make you believe that vaccines are the ones that stamp that out as well. Uh, back in the day when vaccines were first coming on the markets and first being utilized in in, in mass, etc. And that isn't true back then, and it's not true now, sir, but history repeats itself not only in, in, in the dishonesty, but the lies that are told continue. <laughs> That's true, Sam. It's not because of the vaccines. This decline began in mid-January, far too early for any vaccination program to have had any effect. Uh, there's a professor of epidemiology at Columbia University said, he said the falling case numbers cannot be attributed to the COVID-19 vaccine because not even a tenth of the population had been vaccinated, according to the CDC. Plus, the decrease in is occurring simultaneously in different countries around the world, but not every country is vaccinating at the same rate or even using the same vaccine as other countries. So, it's not due to the vaccine that the numbers are falling, folks. And it's not because of the lockdowns either. Uh, it turns out that Sweden, uh, famously, never locked down at all, uh, nor did South Dakota. Yet their cases and their COVID-related deaths have been dropping exactly in parallel with the UK's, which did a really hard lockdown in the UK. So if countries like Sweden, which never locked down, are seeing declines in their case numbers, then obviously the lockdowns cannot be causing the decline in those numbers. So what is causing this decline in case numbers? Well, <laughs> turns out the WHO is behind it, the World Health Organization. Uh, the PCR test guidelines from the WHO changed in two respects in, in January. It turns out that it, when you look at a graph of the rolling seven-day average of COVID-19 deaths per million people, well, this decline really was a market. It was, it was absolutely noticeable. The decline began on January 26th. Well, it turns out that just previous to that, a uh, week or two previous, the WHO published a memo about asymptomatic cases being discovered by PCR tests, and they suggested that asymptomatic positives should be repeated 
because they don't they, they, they don't believe them. In other words, they were saying you can't believe that the asymptomatic test results being positive because they 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 happen too often. And as you and I have discussed on the radio show before, about ninety seven percent of the PCR tests are false positive. And this memo from the WHO came on the heels of another memo instructing labs around the world to use lower cycle thresholds for their PCR tests because any value over 35 uh, could produce false positives. Now, here's the problem that I have with the fake news dishonest people here. Fauci documented that over uh, over 35 cycles was problematic. He knew that, but for months they allowed those tests to go with the higher cycles. And then they say there's not fake numbers. Well, how do you have it both ways? Fauci says above 35 cycles is a problem. We have tests coming in over and over and over and over and over, over 35 cycles. But yet they say the numbers are real. How can the both, they both be true? So they got caught lying. Fauci doubles down and proves it unintentionally maybe, but nevertheless reality strikes. Uh, I submit to you that the numbers went up as soon as we put fake PCR tests in place uh, where we know that the data becomes unreliable at above 35 cycles. Fauci documented that. So how do you let it go on for months and months and months and months with the PCR tests above that number, but yet say that the numbers are reliable and stable and you can count on them? They both cannot be factually true. So no one's asking these questions in the media except for me and a couple of other people, Rappaport and you and a few others, but hardly anybody else is even doubling down and catching them in these lies, Lowell. And this is critical to understand. They cannot have it both ways. And because of these higher case numbers, they, they, they justify the continued, yeah, the continuation of the lockdown. The, the higher case numbers back when they first came along, uh, in, you know, early in the spring of 2020, um, that, that was justification. That was pretext for the lockdown. Now, if they, were, if they were honest mm-hmm. and said, oh, as soon as the Fauci reported the 35 number, uh, and, uh-huh. and if all of a sudden they would have changed it and said, hey, we're dropping the cycles, we apologize, a lot of this other data is not valid or accurate, and we're so sorry, we didn't realize better. If they were candid, we might build trust in them and say, you know, they are doing their best as the science moves along. But when they lie, uh, yeah, you can't tell me about 35 cycles is a problem and unreliable and then tell me most of the numbers derived from those unreliable, uh, too high of cycle tests and then say those numbers are still reliable though you've lost your credibility lol and that's the problem here they're not honest they're not genuine you can't trust them yeah that's for sure absolutely right there we're we're seeing and the other thing we saw was the the disappearance of influenza and pneumonia and tuberculosis and i mean deaths by those common causes basically flatlined uh over the past little while and and everybody's thinking whoa mass and shut down, you know, got rid of the flu. <laughs> no, it didn't get rid of the flu. It's just that everything that was, you know, all the respiratory diseases got relabeled as COVID. That's why the other numbers, you know, dropped to zero, essentially. And, and you uh, watch, so, yeah. hold on, you watch now that we're starting to drop more and more coronavirus cases because people are starting to reality realize the cyclical um, scenario with this. Uh, what you'll find is these other numbers will start to go back up. Yep, yep, and uh, so excess deaths, there's no such thing. In other words, this thing is, is really about the same as, as a flu because that's kind of what it is. Coronavirus is the cause of the common cold, and uh, it just turns out that if you repackage all these other nasty deaths as COVID, then you've got a killer. You've got a killer on your hands, and you need to vaccinate, and you need to lock down, and you need to mask up, 
and all of these uh, socially destructive behaviors uh, that get foisted upon us by our our government. So they say yeah. this: Why new coronavirus cases are plummeting? But I would rewrite the headline. I'll leave it alone, by the way, in my notes. But I'll rewrite the headline to say this. Why the numbers spiked and why the numbers are going down. Because when you back up and understand, it's their manipulated PCR test that they knew was wrong that allowed the numbers to spike in the first place. They weren't real. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Just thought I'd back up a little bit and give you the whole story. Experimental coronavirus gene therapies. Are they safe? We'll talk about it. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. President Trump was the keynote speaker at Sunday night's conservative conference, or CPAC, in Orlando, Florida. We went through a journey like nobody else. There's never been a journey like it. There's never been a journey so successful. We began it together four years ago, and it is far from being over. Mr. Trump laid out his future vision for America and gave a negative assessment of the Biden administration's policies so far. Texas' largest and oldest electric power cooperative on Monday filed for bankruptcy protection in federal court in Houston, Texas. Citing a disputed $1.8 billion bill from the state's grid operator, Brazos Electric Power Cooperative is one of dozens of electricity providers facing enormous charges from a severe cold snap last month that severely crippled the power grid. On Saturday, the FDA authorized Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use, adding a third American vaccine produced under Operation Warp Speed. USA Radio News. Can you really believe the news? So much spin. Americans just don't trust big media. And if you're really tired of the old news, check out Newsmax TV, the fastest-growing network in America. It's on all major cable systems. Each night, watch Newsmax TV and see big shows with Sean Spicer, Greg Kelly, Lindsey Keith, Stinchfield, and Rob Schmidt. They're exposing Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi's surprising agenda. So tune into Newsmax anytime. If your cable doesn't carry it, call them and tell them you can go to another service that does. Or you can download the Newsmax app on your smartphone. It's free, and you can watch it anywhere in the world. Newsmax is also free on TVs like Samsung, LG, and Vizio. And millions of people watch Newsmax on Roku, YouTube, Pluto, Zumo, Apple TV, and more. There's a reason 30 million Americans watch Newsmax TV all the time. Check it out today. Newsmax is real news for real people. At CPAC on Sunday night, President Trump indicated he has no interest in starting a new political party. Jeremy Scott from the Oregon USA Radio News Bureau reports. At CPAC, in his first public appearance since the end of his presidency, Donald Trump put to rest any speculation that he and his supporters would start a third major party. We're not starting new parties. You know, they kept saying, he's going to start a brand new party. We have the Republican Party. It's going to unite and be stronger than ever before. I am not starting a new party. That was fake news. Fake news, no. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Let's start a new party and let's divide our vote so that you can never win. No, we're not interested in that. Trump said they will be united and strong like never before. CPAC is a conservative conference held in Orlando, Florida this year. As expected, President Trump gave harsh comments on how the Biden administration is running the country. USA Radio News. 
think he's getting on a plane. He told me last he came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinnell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo, uh, thank you all for welcoming us. And Jill and I wanted to visit Texas today for a couple of reasons. What the heck? The president <clears throat> forgot what he was doing here. He's lost. He's confused. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the guy that literally is telling you that the coronavirus's vaccine, safe, effective, no worries, lol. When's the last time a politician was honest with you, Sam, told you the truth? Uh, can you believe this man? It's I, insanity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and when in reality, yeah, these these so-called vaccines, which is really gene therapy, these COVID nineteen uh, gene therapy chemotherapy vaccines, uh, they cause all kinds of problems: uh, injection site pain, tiredness, headache, muscle pain, chills, joint pain, fever, injection site swelling, injection site redness, nausea, feeling unwell, swollen lymph nodes, to name just a few. And they don't even list death here, but death is one of the one of the problems. And I really want to get to that that article too about all the miscarriages that come from these vaccines. So I'm I'm shortchanging this article here because I stumbled onto the miscarriage thing um, just you know after I'd written up this part. But Sam, there are so many reasons why not to take the vaccine. Uh, there's a great article, LouRockwell.com, 31 reasons why I won't take the vaccine. You can read that article there for yourself and read all 31 reasons. I chose eight of the reasons. Which right, I before believe- we go into the reasons, though, I just <laughs> want to make this very clear. Yeah. Okay, when they call it a vaccine, it's fake news. All right? It is not a vaccine, ladies and gentlemen. It is an experimental gene therapy. And I'm telling you, even the scientific definition backs my claim. These are not vaccines. They're broadening the definition of vaccines and allowing these gene therapies to be called vaccinations. But they're not safe like Biden claims. Of course not. They're not effective either. All right. They don't literally make you immune. And they're literally now basically saying, hey, you know what? You can get the vaccine and still get infected. Everybody's still got to wear masks. Everyone's still got to run around and, and, and the vaccines don't matter. You still got to social distance. You've got to, you've got to, you got to. And, and they're admitting the truth. Because they were telling us as soon as the vaccines come out, we're going to be good. Now they're saying, no, 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 it doesn't. In fact, it doesn't cover some of the strains of the virus. And, it, and they go on and on and on, hedging their bets depending on how well it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's dishonest. Biden stops his speech, mid-speech says, what am I doing here? The guy's a nut. He doesn't even have his act together. I'm not trying to be rude to the poor gentleman. But I'm saying you can't have a president like that doubling down and saying they're safe and effective. How does he know? He's not even a scientist. He's not a doctor. And he's even confused where he is and what he's doing. 31 reasons why I won't take the vaccines. Lowell, uh, out of the 31 reasons, you came up with the highlighted eight that you feel are worthy of discussion, right? I did, Sam. And you've named the first one already. It's not a vaccine. It's a gene therapy. Uh, second reason, drug companies, politicians, medical establishment, media, they've all joined forces to universally refer to this as a vaccine when it is not a vaccine, with the intention of manipulating people into feeling safer about undergoing a medical treatment. This is a chemotherapy. And because they are being deceitful, I do not trust them. I want nothing to do with 
their medical treatment. That's the second reason. Third reason, presumed benefits of this medical treatment are minimal, and they would not last long in any case. You mentioned that already, Sam. They don't prevent your getting COVID-19, and they don't stop the spread. It's just—it's dishonest to them in to fact, say so. In fact, because of some of the sheddings that these so-called vaccines and/or uh, these gene therapy treatments can provide in the body, um, it could be said that we might be giving people new illnesses uh, or new uh, forced antibodies to things that are unrelated. In other words, it might be the Frankenstein of shedding uh, that we might have here too from these uh, people who take it. Well, so that's that's true. In fact, it turns the body against itself. These messenger RNA uh, programs the body to fight against and kill cells, body cells that e- that evince this um, this coronavirus, right? This COVID nineteen, a spiked protein. And so, if there anything else shows up in the body with a spiked protein, you you've now programmed your body to kill itself. Um, with you know, but by taking this messenger RNA, you're programming your own body to, to fight and kill uh, the very organs that today provide you know you know life for yourself. And so you know, there's, there are a number of doctors that are predicting that we're going to see death coming from not only the first and second injection, but that down the road, you know, several months when you come in contact with a variant of the coronavirus, then, then you know, your body is it's going to be an autoimmune deficiency or an autoimmune disease where the body will actually attack your very organs and, and result in numerous deaths. So I, I just hate to see this going on, Sam, but I, I, I worry that, that that's going to be the, the natural result of our taking all these vaccines. So, no, do not take the vaccine at all. Um, Going on to uh, a couple of other reasons here, the drug companies have zero liability if anything goes wrong. They cannot be sued. And the same for the politicians who are pushing this treatment, right? And so that's another reason to distrust them. There's an intense propaganda campaign for tr- people to take this treatment. Politicians, celebrities, everybody's taking selfies of, them, of, of themselves getting injected. Uh, or perhaps in some cases pretending to get injected, and the media is hyping this all up as a cool thing to do. Well, what happens, Sam, to this notion that that uh, we just say no to drugs? I mean, that's what we should be saying. Just say no to these drugs, to any drugs, really. And the last reason I wanted to highlight is all the lies, the corruption, the propaganda, and the manipulation, censorship, the bullying, all of this stuff, lack of integrity. Um, this is it's what we're seeing, right? The fear, the medical and political tyranny, concealment of protocols. Speaking of which, you can't even get a lab to tell you how many cycles they put their tests through, you know, the PCR test, the 35 cycles. You've got to ask for that. They won't tell you, but you've got to ask. And but test. even if you ask for that, you wonder if you'll be told the truth, Lowell. You can't trust yeah. them. You don't even know if they'll tell you the <laughs> truth even if you ask them. Oh, yes, sir, we are below 35 cycles when they weren't, right? That's right, Dad. You can't trust them. So here we have the greatest medical experiment of all time being conducted by greedy, untrustworthy, godless people. The lack of liability for those who demand I risk everything, right? I and then we this. question the science, and they say you're a terrorist. <laughs> That's right, man. So I'll put my trust in God, Sam. I'm going to use my mind that he blessed me with 
trust my natural instincts, um, which is, uh, yeah, really the final reason, which sums up why I will never be vaccinated. Just speaking with my daughter yesterday, middle our middle daughter, she has decided with her husband they'll never get vaccinated. They're not going to vaccinate their children with this, this plague, this chemotherapy, this gene therapy. And I applaud their decision, Sam. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. And again, let's be very clear. They are not vaccines. All right? They are not vaccines. I want you to understand that. And I want you to drill that point home. Anywhere you go when they peddle fake news and tell you they're vaccines, they're not. They're gene therapies. And even their own literature admits it, Lowell. Yeah. Okay, this is not debatable. You can say, well, Sam, it all depends on how you define vaccines. You know, new things are coming to the table all the time. They're calling this a new vaccine. Okay, but it says in their own literature that they are gene therapies. And you have to expand the legal and the um, medical definitions of vaccines to even make it fit. So if you want to go down that road of fake news, be my guest. But it's easy to catch them at their lies. It's easy to understand the number of cycles and document Fauci's claim that over 35 cycles are not reliable. And it's easy then to prove that, you know what, most of these tests that have been given have been at a higher number of cycles, challenging their numbers. We've got the facts and the science with us, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very clear indeed. Now, let's explain to people what the VARS is, V-A-E-R-S, and then we'll get into the details of what we found from the VARS, Lol. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, it's five words. A vaccine adverse event reporting system, and the acronym is VAERS, VAERS, or VARS, VARS. Uh, adverse reporting system. Now, this is a system that anybody who gets a vaccine, any doctor or person who has an adverse event or an adverse reaction to a vaccine, so called vaccine, can report that in this database. And so this came onto my radar because I happen to be. Uh, looking at a Facebook post that my good friend Kristen Chevrier put up, and she had m- taken a screenshot of uh, a report from theirs showing miscarriage after miscarriage as a result of taking the COVID vaccine. Sam? Where's the mainstream press when it comes to reporting? And how many Americans really know that if they have an adverse reaction, they can go to this central database tracking all this? No one's, uh, you know, no one's. Uh, what, pointing out or connecting the dots for you? Liberty Roundtable is. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. 
More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Live and on your radio with Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, ladies and gentlemen. So this VARS database tracks what happens with adverse reactions to vaccines and or gene therapies dubbed vaccines to make you feel good, even though it's fake news. But there is a place that documents a lot of these adverse reactions, but most Americans don't even know they can go to this database. They're not told, number one. Number two, uh, they're not even told uh, what's in the database that we find factually. They just tell you these vaccines are safe and effective. Never mind the fact that it's not a vaccine. What about the safe and effective part? How can the mainstream press with a straight face say they're safe and effective when you see miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage flat out in their own data lull? Uh, here, for example, a female age 34 who was 32 weeks pregnant took the Pfizer vaccine on December 18, miscarried the next day, December 19. Here's a woman age 35, uh, 28 weeks pregnant, took the Pfizer vaccine on December 23rd, miscarried on two days later on December 25th. Here's a female age 37, 26 weeks pregnant, Sam, took the Moderna vaccine on December 27th, miscarried the next day, December 28th. And the list goes on and on, Sam. And I got into this database yesterday, did some of my own searching, and verified that this is true. And on this Facebook thread, um, there was a, uh, a very interesting but emotionally uh, uh charged story that I, I wanted to, to just cite here. Uh, for, it, there are a couple of screenshots from a, from a gal named Megan, a woman, and a pregnant woman named Le Megan, who posted the following here on Facebook on Saturday, February 20. That's just one week ago. She says, 41 weeks today, and I'm officially fully vaccinated with a Pfizer vaccine. Clearly, our baby wanted to be born to a fully vaccinated mama. I'm scheduled to be induced on Wednesday evening if he hasn't arrived by then. It's crazy. She says, this time last year, we were exactly two weeks away from beginning our journey with um, IVF, which is um, stands for, you know, the, um, uh, what do they call that, inner um, IVF. Uh, where, where it's artificial insemination, basically, right? IVF. There's a scientific term for that. Now our precious babe is about to make his entrance into the world. It is not lost on me how incredibly lucky we are that the process, speaking of the vaccine development process, moves so quickly and smoothly for us, and a lot of couples don't have the pleasure of that same outcome. Motherhood is going to be amazing, and I'm 100% sure it's going to be more different than I can even imagine. We're as ready as we can uh, be thought. 
thank you so much, everyone, for all your love and support over the past year. Can't wait to start spamming you with all the baby pictures. End of quote. Okay, so that was her first post on Saturday, February 20. You can just feel the excitement that she has uh, as an expectant mother in what she writes. She just can't wait for the arrival of her baby. <clears throat> and then two days later, Monday, February 22nd, she posts the following. <clears throat> quote, I'm currently 12 hours into induced labor with my precious baby who has no who is no longer living. My dream of becoming a mother came true nine months ago after two years battling infertility, and it was ripped away from me in the blink of an eye at 9 a.m. this morning. Part of that dream into motherhood was breastfeeding, and so I'm reaching out to find out if other mamas have experienced a loss of this magnitude. <clears throat> End of quote. What an unfortunate turn of events, Sam, from the, from the heights of, an, of expected happiness to the depths of the bitter disappointment that her baby was dead. She had a miscarriage. I am amazed, Sam, that she even had the strength to disclose what happened on Facebook to her, you know, friends and family. But this does give us a window into the, the life of a young woman whose baby was likely killed by something in that vaccine that she took. Sam, it is both sobering, it's saddening, and my heart goes out to her. Yeah, and let me lay out my concern with this thing the most. If they didn't know, because this MMR, you know, gene therapy, now they're calling it an MMR, messenger vaccine. They're defining the definition to, to match what they want it to be. If they said, hey, since this is the first time it being released into the population, they're all being experimented on, uh, the, you know, the, the crisis warrants it, but they're being transparent about this, okay, um, then I would be fine. And then they could say, hey, we're having some miscarriages here. We need to call a halt to the program or tell pregnant women not to take the vaccine or the MMR messenger gene therapy or whatever else. I would have some respect for them. Okay, because I, I understand and they would say, look, this is new. We've never crossed this bridge before. We're doing the best we can. And if I thought they were genuine in that, I might give them a pass. But they're not genuine in that because what they're doing is they're covering up all the miscarriages that occur. They're literally telling the women lies that has nothing to do with it, although we can see cause and effect blatantly in your face, but you can't, quote, prove it, quote. So uh, now they're lying and doubling down in defense of their uh, evil vaccine or their evil MMR messenger uh, RNA manipulating protocols. Um, but now these women are suffering and they're being lied to on top of it. And so uh, the problem here is the lack of honesty. And what they would say is, well, we can't tell you that. If we told you that, then people wouldn't want to take the vaccine. Oh, you think? People might decide they don't want to be experimented on when the experiment goes psychotically Frankensteinish haywire. Yeah, you're right. We wouldn't want to. And that is the point. Okay, so they're literally like, but the, the emergency is created by this fake cycles, over 35 cycles uh, in the tests they're giving. Uh, the PCR tests or whatever they call these things. So, folks. You're just being lied to every way that you possibly can. And then we bring up something and they say, oh, that's not true. All right. So I say it's not a vaccine. They say, yes, it is. It's a new kind of vaccine. Okay. We'll expand the definition then. Um, if I drink Mountain Dew, I could say it's a vaccine against the coronavirus. It doesn't have any of the coronavirus in it. But by golly, Mountain Dew, you know, when you drink that stuff, it, it, it reduces the cocoa. How do you know? Well, more people are drinking Mountain Dew and the COVID numbers are going down. That's how I know. See, we can all lie. 
And that's what they're doing, lol. And they're literally letting more babies die. The only thing is Planned Parenthood's going to get mad because then they can't bring them in and raise a bunch of money to murder the babies. They're getting murdered before the Planned Parenthood folks can even get them. So they got a quandary in that. But I look at this and I go, the dishonesty is starting to be so pervasive, so in your face, one lie catches them in another. Yeah. And it's only beginning, Sam. I just read an article last night about the uh, malaria, um, about a new vaccine for malaria that would actually, well, they claim that it would uh, get rid of malaria forever from the planet. Well, guess what they're putting in this vaccine? <laughs> Messenger RNA, Sam. This, this COVID vaccine is just the tip of the iceberg. I predict, Sam, that there will be numerous uh, other so-called vaccines coming down the pike at us containing messenger RNA, the same RNA stuff. And it's, it's, it, you know, it, COVID isn't the only reason why people are going to be taking this stuff. It's going to be malaria and then it's going to be some other reason. And, um, yeah, there's, there's more coming down the pike because they have so successfully marketed, dishonestly marketed this COVID vaccine. And here's yeah. the other problem, ladies and gentlemen. There's an article on WorldNet Daily right now that relates to this completely that I want to highlight. I'll try to get the details together and cover it in more detail. But it says this, despite news blackout, fantastic COVID-19 protection is available. That's the other problem is that there are ways to deal with COVID-19 that are less invasive, less expensive, more time tested and proven uh, to be effective. And whenever we bring any of this up, they just mock us. They trash our credibility. Okay, there's doctors that have spoke out about this before Congress. Congress knows the truth, ladies and gentlemen. But anybody who speaks out about it gets their um, credibility attacked and destroyed, if you will. And this is where I have a real problem with what's going on here. They're not interested in the truth. They're interested in an agenda. And the proof is... Uh, is everywhere that that's the case, lol. Wow, Sam. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. Great, great article. But um, yeah, you you sent me World Net Daily, and I'm just looking at those these articles. What a website! Yeah, I mean there are there are doctors <clears throat> that have spoke out and testified before Congress, saying that ivermectin is the best way to deal with the corona. Get ivermectin early. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. It's been around for a long time. It's time-tested and true. And the doctor says, I can't keep doing this. He pleads for a review of the data about ivermectin and the incredible results that other countries are getting and the incredible results that he's getting when he administers this. He did this in a Senate hearing. Lol. Yeah. And they know the truth. But Uh yet it makes it to none of the people. Except for yeah. the folks that listen to Liberty Roundtable or, you know, a few other audiences. I'm, 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 I agree there's a few people speaking out about this, but not very many. His name is Dr. Corey, by the way. Mm, right? uh, anyway, right and he testifies before Congress about this. And he mm. is shocked how no one listens to him. Well, he was a, a very, very well-recognized, credible doctor. Led a, a group of doctors. And he was, he was, the reason he was testifying before Congress is they said his, his credentials were above reproach. His, his history and his... And now that he spoke out and did this, now he's a nobody. He's a quack. He's a nut. He's a, and now they're attacking him like you wouldn't believe. But he spoke out boldly, nobly, and independently before Congress, and it's on video. Mm. 
Anyway, I thought I'd bring that to your yeah. attention. Final story before the end of the hour is a little bit of good news, Lowell. <laughs> Boy, South Dakota is looking more friendly to liberty every day, Sam. I, uh, I, in fact, I looked. At, I watched the CPAC address by Christy Noem, Governor Christy Noem, at CPAC. I watched that in its entirety last night. It's only 26 minutes long, but why well, she's a rock star. <laughs> she's, uh, we, you know, talking about we didn't lock down, we didn't do any of this stuff. We let people make their own decisions. It's fantastic. Anyway, South Dakota, the, the House in South Dakota passed a bill, Sam, that would prohibit state and local officials from enforcing. These extreme risk protective orders, these ERPO, E-R-P-O, ERPOs, sometimes referred to as red flag laws, right? And, well, they're being passed by Congress. If they get passed by Congress, they are not going to be obeyed in South Dakota if this bill passes. HB 1075 would also bar a state agency in South Dakota from accepting any federal funds that are conditioned on an ERPO. 1075 uh, defines an ERPO as any federal statute, regulation, or executive order that requires a person to surrender firearms or ammunition or prohibits a person from owning firearms or ammunition in order to reduce the harm to himself, to herself, or any other person. Red flag law, right? Basically, red flag law gives law enforcement uh, the, the authority to come in and take away your right to defend yourself, right, take away your arms, your ammunition, without having first been convicted of any crime, right, just on suspicion. If a neighbor you know, suspects that you might do yourself harm or somebody else harm, they can call the police, they call the cops on you, they come and take away your weapon. That's an ERPO, an extreme risk protection order. It's tyrannical, it's unconstitutional, and South Dakota is taking a stand against these things what a great place to live in South Dakota right now, Sam. It's looking very inviting. And by the way, this whole stand is based on the landmark case of Prince versus U.S. Your friend and mine, Richard Mack, argued that and won at the state, I'm sorry, at the Supreme Court of the United States. That is the basis, the legal basis for, for what South Dakota did in uh, H-Bill 1075, Sam. Yes, indeed, Richard Mack's case, one of the greatest Tenth Amendment cases in modern history. It went to all kinds of courts, through the appellate courts, all the way up to the Supreme Court, and Richard Mack beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen. That is to be noted. Last point that I want to make is, you know, there uh, the Red Pill Expo coming up in June will be in South Dakota, just so you know. Thanks, Law. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. Liberty Roundtable. God save the Republic. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard hitting news that was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for March first in the year of our Lord, two thousand and twenty-one. Hour two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. Ladies and gentlemen, the checks and balances are brilliant. Put in place by the founders and one of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips today. Reject Revolution, stand for peaceful restoration. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. 
Well, thank you very much. It's always good, as we say, on Monday morning to bright and early, kind of get everybody's heart beating. Tell the tale of liberty, as we always do. So President Trump went to CPAC. CPAC, in my opinion, has turned out to be a big old shame disappointment. It's turned out to be a Republican Party bash. I reject the notion of parties and think that we all should. President Trump has the best opportunity in the world now to reject the party that betrayed him, the party that literally half turned against him, the party that has become kind of his enemy as well. Uh, the Republicans and Democrats are the ones that impeached him. Uh, you say, well, wait, Sam, Republicans didn't vote for it. Uh, a few did. A few betrayers did. And on top of that, um, the Republicans never stood up for him. The big question was, let's get to the bottom of vote fraud. Let's have an investigation. And uh, because of the uh, insurrection at the Capitol, if you want to call it that, I believe that's a lie in and of itself. Nevertheless, uh, because of a few provocateurs manipulating things, none of the Republicans stood up and said, wait, we're not voting on this until we have the debate we were intended to have before this shenanigan took place. Most of the Republicans have just simply uh, failed and turned against Donald Trump. And I'm not here to defend Trump, but I am here to defend the system and say, hey, we need to get to the bottom of what really happened on January the 6th, and we still need to look into vote fraud. But somehow that's been literally taken off the table, and the Republicans have let it go off the table. The swamp is the problem, and it's Republican and Democrat, folks. But here's President Trump at CPAC, okay? He's going to start a brand new party. We have the Republican Party. It's going to unite and be stronger than ever before. I am not starting a new party. Shame on President Trump. I am not starting a new party. Well, you know what? When I say shame, I don't mean that he ought to start a new party. I say shame because he doubles down on the grand old rhino party that betrayed him. Okay, what he should be doing is rejecting parties all together. We'll get into that as the broadcast unfolds. But then he says something that I kind of agree with. Listen up. Mr. Trump saying GOP unity is crucial at this moment in American history. Now, I do not believe in that part. I don't believe GOP unity is critical. You're not going to get unity, folks. You're never going to get unity from the folks that love or the folks that hate Trump. Okay, that's not going to happen. We don't need unity in America, ladies and gentlemen. What we need is free thought. We need civility, I get it, but we don't need unity, okay, because we're never going to agree with murdering babies, called abortion, pro-choice, it's a lie, it's murderous, and we'll never agree. We're never going to agree that the socialist communist plans are acceptable as a way to go forward in America. We're never going to agree with jettisoning the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence. We're never going to agree that jettisoning God is the answer, never. So we can be civil, but we'll never have unity as long as these folks promote Satan's plan. But then here's what President Trump says, and I do agree with this. We're in the middle of a historic struggle for America's future, America's culture, and America's institutions, borders, and most cherished principles. Our security, our prosperity, and our very identity as Americans is at stake. I agree with that reality check, but I think they're going about it all wrong, Doctor. Well, you know, the American founding fathers were were death on parties. I mean, uh, parties kind of are an outgrowth of, of uh, a lot of different things, but they really, really discouraged them. And, uh, in fact, I've, I've got in front of me uh, George Washington's farewell address. I really believe everyone, everyone that holds office should read this every morning after they've read their scriptures, had their morning prayers, and read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. They should next read George Washington's farewell address and then go to work because it's got such a 
an abundance of grand and glorious and wonderful uh, advice in it. But if you got just a minute or two, I'll read you what George Washington said. It's absolutely prophetic in I, terms of. I got uh, more than a minute or two, and we're all in because look, you know what? I'm not really for a third party. But I'm also not for doubling down in defense of the current parties we've got. Partisan politics is disaster for liberty, sir. And the founders were very clear of their warnings against partisan or group politics, if you will. There's no question. Uh, I'll just read you a few little snippets here. Again, I, I recommend highly that everyone read this regularly. So, all right. According to George Washington, however combinations or associations of above description, meaning the parties, may now and then answer popular ends, they are likely. Now listen to what this, it, it's today's news today. Just listen. Hold on, hold on. Oh. This is the brilliant general, ladies and gentlemen, and the president of the United States in his farewell address. In other words, when he walks out, he's saying, guys, here's what I'm telling you to beware of, right? Absolutely. And in fact, you know, he, he really does say, look, you know, I should just go. But as an old friend, as someone that loves you, here's some counsel. And, and there's, I mean, uh, my, when I teach young people the farewell address, it takes six lectures. They have to write six essays of subjects that I, um, I assign. And in addition to that, uh, there's about 600 words I've taken out of the of farewell address um, that I've defined with the uh, uh, American Dictionary that uh, Noel Webster put out in 1828 and used in a sentence. And the kids must pass a spelling and definition test on that and use the words appropriately in a sentence. So 600 words. I think it's that fundamental because what happens is, number one, they get to know the document, but number two, now they can read the Federalist Papers. And they, they also read... get to internalize it with a vocabulary that applies to everything they do going forward, understanding liberty and the uh, understanding of, of the Founding Fathers and what their intentions were, who, what, when, where, why, etc. Now, I want to mention, too, that if George Washington is leaving office here, he has no motive. He has no agenda. He's just simply being candid on his way out because he cares about the republic. There is no motive that can be assigned here at all. Well, his motive will, been, will have been out of love to help the nation preserve the blessings of liberty that they want at such great cost. I mean, that's right. His, he truly was first in war, first in peace, first in the hearts of his countrymen. He loved his people. He was known as the father of the country, and rightly so, of course, under, under God. But the fact of the matter is, this stuff is sound today. And so, uh, I mean, really, I'll only read a, a few, uh, you know, a, kind of a couple of paragraphs maybe out of out of his farewell address. This is just dealing with parties. But um, it, uh, it, I'm telling you, you cannot read this without saying, wow, we could have avoided a whole bunch of challenges if we'd have followed it. And the party thing is absolutely current events right now. So... Let's get started. I presume it'll go into your break, but uh, if you want, we'll come back. But uh, he talks about how these parties answer popular ends, and then going on, they are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which has lifted them to unjust dominion. I mean, we could give you example after example after example, but let, let's jump, jump down a little bit. 
He says, I have already intimated to you the danger of parties in the state, with particular reference to the founding of them on geographical discriminations. By the way, our geographical discriminations still exist and, and are are source of a lot of challenges in many instances, but it's ideological discriminations at this point. As you point out, the killing of unborn children versus not, and so on. But anyway, going on. Washington says, let me now take a more comprehensive view and warn you in the most solemn manner against the baneful effects of the spirit of party generally. He says, the alternative, excuse me, the alternate dominion of one faction over another, think modern America, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, hmm, natural to party dissension, which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most horrid enormities, is itself a frightful disposition, but this leads at length to a more formal and permanent despotism. That's where we're going in America today. Look at the socialists that are trying to run the country. Uh, well, okay, I keep remarking, going on with Washington. The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual. And sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns this dispensation to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. Jumping down just a little bit. The common and continual mischiefs of the spirit of party are sufficient to make it the interest and duty of a wise people to discourage and restrain it. It serves always to distract the public councils. Holy cow, if we had that happen, you bet. I mean, we could talk at length about each one of these. And enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms, kindles the animosity of one part against another, foments occasionally riot and insurrection. And hold on. It opens stop, the, stop, 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 stop. You know, Isn't that exactly... When you said it was prophetic, buddy, you understated. I mean, look, isn't that exactly what we're seeing right now and on the precipice of getting much worse, Doctor? Every single word of this is today's news today. I mean, and, and this, Americans have, have so long time forgotten. By the way, when you know, Washington's farewell address was for many, many decades in the country, uh, required reading for all uh, students. And we'll come back to that, I guess. It sounds like we've got to take a quick break. And we're going to come exactly back to where we are, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. And Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, his live website with incredible over a 1,000 videos, contents, weekly webinars, and more. To preserve the nation, collegiate series available as well. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. the strategy of heaven revealed big q little q the calm before the storm available on amazon.com or by calling caritas in the u.s 
at 205-672-2000. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow men, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about George Washington's farewell address given in 1796. Out of love for the nation and love for his fellow countrymen, giving us a wise warning indeed. Dr. Scott Bradley riding shotgun and on fire today talking about it. Doctor, I want to just get out of the way and let you rock and roll, sir. Well, you know what? You can't go wrong with Washington and, well, the American founders. I mean, there's some that just, their brilliance sparkles today even more brilliantly than it did even in their day, because it is so, it's today's news today. <laughs> so let's go back where I left off about parties. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms, kindles the animosity of one part against another, foments, and occasion, foments occasionally riot and insurrection. It opens the door to foreign influence and corruption, which find a facilitated access to the government itself through the channels of party passion. By the way, I'll just pause here just a moment. I mean, go back and look at the Bill Clinton days and the communist Chinese and his sellout of our military technology to them because of their donations, their access to the White House, and so on and so forth. The times of Hillary Clinton with the Putin connection and selling out our strategic um, defense uh, uh, minerals. I mean, you look at you look at what's happened with Biden with the with the Chinese access to things. The way they're, I mean, well, let's just use Clinton for just a second. When he did the, uh, uh, there was a, a big national landmark he created in Utah during his administration. It had the largest, cleanest burning coal in the world there. At the time, back in the, in the, in the 1990s, there was over a trillion dollars worth of coal there. Now, for Utah, that, you know, even the, any kind of, uh, Taxes they could have collected on that as they sold it out of state or something would have put Utah at the highest level of education because it would have gone to our educational process of any of any state in the nation. And so, but Clinton sold that out. He locked it up, and and then what he did was uh, you know kind of basically say, hey, this is this is unavailable. China had the second largest, second cleanest coal burning. Uh, deposits that they had control of, they became the coal-producing nation of the world. The United States got sold out. Anyway, going back, we're, we're seeing this happen again under under Biden, honestly. So so foreign influence, corruption, facilitated access to the government itself through channels of party passion. Thus, the policy and the will of one country 
subject to the policy and will of another. Now, by the way, I could talk about that length, about how we go to war as a surrogate for other countries on behalf of their uh, the things that they're seeking to, to bring about, and, and that's another big bucket of worms. Then he goes on to say, he says, there is an opinion that parties in free countries are useful checks upon the administration of the government and serve to keep alive the spirit of liberty. With this within certain limits is probably true, and in governments of monarchical caste, patriotism may look with indulgence, if not with favor, upon the spirit of party. Because there's a resistance, there's a pushback with party in a monarch, monarchy. And he goes on to say, but in those of the popular character, in government purely elective, that's what we're supposed to have, a, a government that we do the ballot box that's fair and honest and everything. Anyway, go on. It is a spirit not to be encouraged. He says, from their natural tendency, it is certain there will always be enough of that spirit of every salutary purpose, and there being constant danger of excess, the effort ought to be to, by force of public opinion to mitigate and assuage it. A fire not to be quenched, it demands a uniform vigilance to prevent its bursting into a flame, lest, instead of warming, it should consume. Okay, so what we have today in America, I'll stop there because, you know, once I get started in Washington's farewell address, it's hard to, to unravel because it's so thrilling, every word. But let's stop there with the parties. What we have today is something that is inflaming and, instead of warming, consuming. And in America today, that's where we are. Now, uh, Donald Trump, when he spoke at CPAC, he knew who he was talking to. He knew that it was the Republican faithful. And uh, he plays his audience. That's one thing that he, I mean, Ronald Reagan was the great communicator. We talk about that a lot. He was a great actor. He acted great in front of the camera. But uh, Donald Trump knew his audience, and he played to that audience when he was making those statements. But the fact of the matter is that what is happening with this nation, with the party spirit, half the country hates the other half for crying out loud. And we could go back and talk about George Washington's perspective of what ought to unify us as Americans and the Appalachian Americans. Our, well, our, let's our let's name. get into that in a minute, but I want to make this point, though. We've got right now an America that is absolutely divided. And I submit absolutely. to you that a, that a wedge has been intentionally driven let me say that again. A wedge has been intentionally driven into every fault line we can highlight by the mainstream press, in bed with politicians. Really, evil men and women are perpetuating this divide, whether it be male, female, uh, whether it be married, single, whether it be uh, you know black, white, whether it be left, right, whether it be Republican, Democrat, whether it be gay, straight, whether it be we can go on and on and on and on about the divides, but I submit to you that they've been intentionally created. All right? They've been intentionally uh, forced upon us like you've never seen before. Um, this is a coordinated effort. Let's be very clear about that, Doctor. Well, and again, we've talked about this at length on previous shows, that that, that is a Marxist approach, this conflict kind of um, uh, governing. And, um, and, and Marx, uh, they've played it every place that they've overthrown the spirit of liberty all across the world in the many, many decades. It's certainly much more than 150 years. They have, they have played this across the world, and they found it a very, very effective methodology of overthrowing liberty. And, um, and well, let me just read again uh, 
out of George Washington's farewell address. He says, they're likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. So that's, that's the problem. That is the problem. This is being used to overthrow our liberty. It's a Marxist approach. It's been very successful over the years to the detriment of every human being upon the earth. We, the, the human spirit has been crushed by this approach, and it's being so effectively used in America today. And, and honestly, uh, to continue to perpetuate this and fan the fa- flames, I mean, Donald Trump, like I say, knew who's, who he was talking to, the, his audience at CPAC and the party faithful and everything like that. Well, again, somebody's going to raise up some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate as competitors, turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation to the ruins of public liberty. Now, that's just another quotation out of the farewell address. But Americans need to be awakened to this fact. A principles-based approach to things are how we must come back from this. And to just continue to agitate and and just turn on the screw is going to destroy this nation. And and it's a hateful, spiteful thing that's happening to the nation right now, and it's being driven by party spirit. It truly is. I, I see... And the, the, and the sad part is Donald Trump right now, an average citizen, he was president of the United States of America for four years. Uh, there is no way on this planet that he has not uh, had the opportunity to read and understand the farewell address from General George Washington. Look, this was almost his biggest point in parting. You know, if uh, I can't comment on whether he's read it or not, well, but he should have. I, I say this is uh, George Washington's <laughs> biggest point in parting because oh yes, yes, he, he really pointed us to God too. So it's hard for me to say which point is is stronger. But he made enough to make this point really, really, really echo into the future. And when you see the partisan politics to the feverish pitch to the point where they literally drum the president out of office, based on fake news and fake elections, based on partisan politics based on this idea of an insurrection violating all five guarantees in the First Amendment, you literally got to double down and say, if he has not read this, I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to help the poor guy. I mean, I don't yeah, know how to get I, to him. And how, what I mean is, how can, you, how can you be president for four years and not read the greatest president of all time, one of the greatest people to build the republic of all time, their four, farewell address giving guidance for the future. If you haven't read it, it's dereliction in duty, sir. It would seem to me, and I think every every officer in the nation, truly, as I said, I mean, I outlined the things I think ought to happen before they go to work every day, and I really, truly believe that, and I've believed that for decades. You know, you bring out the religiosity issue, and, and George Washington touched upon that, and uh, as we started to say before the break, um, this was this was required reading for all students in America for decades. Here we are for a break again. we got to come back to this, though. This is important. We will do exactly that in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Dr. Scott Bradley. To Preserve the Nation is his collegiate series, books, and educational seminars on DVD, stand-up lectures with homeschool curriculum, and more. You can check it all out at freedomsrisingsun.com with his weekly webinar. I'm telling you, the site's killer. Check it out. Hang tight. George Washington's farewell address front and center on your radio with a good doctor. 
Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Myanmar police fired on protesters around the country on Sunday and the bloodiest day in weeks of demonstrations against a military coup. At least 18 people were killed, said the United Nations. President Biden offered his support on Sunday to union organizing efforts as Amazon workers at an Alabama warehouse vote on whether to unionize. In a video posted on Twitter, the president told workers that are considering joining a union that they face a vitally important choice. Virginia lawmakers approved a bill on Saturday that will legalize recreational marijuana in 2024. Virginia will be the first southern state to vote to legalize marijuana for adults. Putting to rest talk of a third party to break off from the GOP, President Trump said there will be only one Republican Party united all the way. Trump spoke at the American Conservative Union Conference in Orlando, Florida on Sunday. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Irv Cross, a key member of the NFL Today and CBS Sports for more than two decades, following a career as a player and coach in the NFL, died Sunday near his home in Roseville, Minnesota. Previously diagnosed with dementia, he was 81 years of age. President Trump speaking at CPAC in Orlando, Florida Sunday, gave some love to Rush Limbaugh. The wife of talk radio legend Rush Limbaugh joined the former president for his speech in Orlando. I also want to pay my love and respect to the great Rush Limbaugh, who is watching closely and smiling down on us. He's watching and he's loving it and he loves Catherine. Catherine, thank you for being here. So great. Thank you, Catherine. He loved you, Catherine. I will tell you that. Limbaugh's family said Friday that he was buried in a private ceremony in St. Louis. Rush passed February 17th from lung cancer at the age of 75. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Sadly, ladies and gentlemen, at CPAC over the weekend, Donald Trump doubles down promoting partisan politics. Shame on Donald. George Washington had a completely different take in his farewell address to the American people, given out of love with no agenda except for to build America and strengthen America and warn about uh, things that would derail and divide Americans. The good doctor, Scott Bradley, with us on fire, uh, continuing uh, with the details of 
President George Washington's uh, farewell address, full of incredible wisdom and guidance that couldn't be more relevant today <laughs> if it was written today. I'm just telling you, prophetic to say the least, spot on target. You see the reality that he points out at every turn, every divide, and yet they double down in defensive parties over the weekend, Doctor. You know, as you mentioned earlier, the uh, the religiosity of the nation, and uh, as I said, uh, for many decades, <laughs> the uh, farewell address was required reading for students. However, there was a period of time in the mid-20th century in which the uh, published uh, farewell addresses left out the religiosity aspect of it. And and we started, you know, in our humanistic religion that we worship at, at the public education system, uh, a faith-based organization and, and a philosophy that has no God. But at any rate, you've got to get the unabridged, um, if you will, <laughs> version of Washington's farewell address, because this religiosity thing is woven into it powerfully, and it's a great reminder because it will be fundamental in our return to what made America so magnificent over all these years. But just if we might quote briefly about that, he said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism, who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props, of the duties of men and citizens. The mere politician, equally with the pious man, ought to respect and to cherish them. A volume could not trace all their connections with private and public felicity. Let it simply be asked, where is the security for prosperity, for property, for reputation, for life, if the sense of religious obligation desert the oaths, which are the instruments of investigation in the courts of justice? And let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Whatever may be concluded, excuse me, conceded with the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar nature, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail at exclusion of religious principle. It is substantially true that virtue or morality is a necessary spring of popular government. So he says, he goes on to say, who that is a sincere friend to it can look with indifference upon attempts to shake the foundation of the fabric. So it, this is this is fundamental to America. And what we have done is we have set aside that religiosity. We have abandoned the things he told us to hold on to. We have embraced the things he told us to avoid. And that's a large measure why the nation is in the bucket of hurt that it really is right now. We have... We have wholeheartedly thrown our hearts and souls into the parties and all the animosity and, and the little hatred that happens um, between half the nation and the other half. And what should be uniting us before God is is that common belief system in the God that gave us our liberty. And, and we could go talk about that at some length if you wanted to. But, but, if, but if you don't challenge the fake money in America and call it fake money, if we're going to talk about fake news, if you're going to double down on defensive parties, no offense to President Trump, I appreciate a lot of the good that he's done. Okay, I really do. But if you're going to back or ignore the honest money issue, and then you're going to double down on defensive parties, I'm not sure what good you can do that will matter a whole darn. I'm not trying to well, be offensive, and I'm not trying to make it a singular issue, but I'm telling you that if you back parties, you back, you back division. And then if you back that with fake money, 
I don't see how America can survive uh, those dishonest uh, approaches because honest money guarantees honest dealings. Dishonest money guarantees dishonest dealings all the way through. And then if you back parties and divisions, you'll never, ever, ever even have civility to a degree that you can uh, work on anything meaningful uh, for the country. The divide will just continue to escalate. The rift will grow wider and you'll be fueling that fire on your dishonest money backed by partisan politics. It is disingenuous. It is dishonest. And I'm telling you that you cannot restore the country if you let those two things in tandem be in place. Well, that, that's part of the problem is, is we're so superfluous. We don't have such a, a good foundation as we ought to have uh, that we're, to use the old vernacular, we're hacking at the leaves of evil instead of striking at the root. And, and at the very root of, of what's wrong with this nation, it never gets to the, to the forefront of the discussion. I mean, uh, we, we, can, we can argue and discuss and debate and, you know, we, we get checks from the government and we, and we get new regulations from the government and it's law and order and it's, it's somebody that wants to, you know, make something else legal that, that has never been and all these kinds of things. They're arguing at these little peripheral kinds of things that are basically accoutrements to the government and very seldom do we go back to the foundation, these, these foundational principles of, of what the purpose of government is, you know, to secure God-given rights, and, and, and they're creating other rights at the expense of our God-given rights, and they're trying to define our God-given rights as narrowly as possible, whether it's religion or it's whether the right to keep and bear arms or the freedom of speech or the press or assembly. I mean, you can take anything that's found in the, in the uh, Bill of Rights that is mentioned uh, that, that are fundamental to the nation, and, oh, yeah, we got the Patriot Act. We just got it. Well, no, no, we didn't got it. We eviscerated to the point that it doesn't exist anymore, the Fourth Amendment. And and you you look at the, the indefinite detention things in the uh, National Defense Authorization Acts that takes away habeas corpus. The idea of uh, ex post facto laws and, and uh, bills of attainder, they're, they're attempting to do this constantly, make it illegal for, for President Trump to come back and run again, all those kinds of things. We have... We're nibbling around the edges on the, the real wrong things. We're embracing those, and we're just completely ignoring the foundation. And, and we've got to go back to that foundation or we're not going to save this nation. It's absolutely essential. So, uh, And I don't, I, I don't bring this up, by the way, to attack Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but I've got, again, this is where when I agree, I try to build somebody up and support somebody to the best of my ability. But when we disagree for fundamental reasons, okay, I'm not here to attack him as a person. I don't know if he's read George Washington's, you know, farewell address or not. And if he hasn't, I would encourage him to. If he has, I would really encourage to take heed, to look around you and look at the prophetic warning given, what, 1796? It's timeless, though. Sam, it's 225 years ago, but it's as relevant now if you look around. That's the point about timeless. It's as relevant now as you look around as it was then. And, in fact, I would submit more so, Doctor. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of people that that foster this living Constitution concept that's been around for 120 years that that have been drummed into the heads of our school kids in this humanist religion we call public education. 
Um, the, the fact of the matter is that what was written 250 years ago, uh, first of all, it's written in plain English, plain English words. Those words have meanings. Those meanings can be known, and they can only mean what they meant in the day they were written. And so what we have happening today is an attempt to kind of wheedle away from those kinds of things and and uh, completely avoid them while while these new false alternatives are brought forth to us. And, um, and America's just lost its way. And, and the way back is well known. You know, I tell the story about when I was six years old, I got lost. It was terrifying. You know, I, my first impression was run, and I followed it. But, you know, I was making great time, didn't, you know, didn't have any idea where I was going, but I was making great time. That's what we're doing today. We're running, and we don't have a direction. And we have a back trail. That's what the American founders gave us. We have a well-marked, well-understood back trail that we can find our way back to what made us this great, free, strong, happy, prosperous nation. And, um, and we're not looking at that trail. What we're doing is we're, we're taking the false alternatives that so many that, that claim leadership that are truly unqualified for leadership in this nation, and we're following their trendy kind of things, you know, and, and making uh, the nation go farther off track. You know, you can't go running through the briars and the brambles and the, you know, running through the creek and, and so on and, and get anywhere proper. You're not going to find your way out of the woods. And, uh, and we're, at, we're deep in the woods right now as a nation. And, uh, well, and, the voices, and, and the voices that have the media, ladies and gentlemen, are sending you the wrong way. They're saying, come on, run through the river. Come on, come here, go here, go there. Come hither, go thither. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you, those voices will not lead to stability and safety. Those voices will not lead to the restoration of the republic, which we all desire. All right, let's talk about the solutions when we come back, because we pointed out the problem quite well. There are plenty of solutions. George Washington speaks of them, in fact. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Getting the kids to school, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. It seems that the work routine as a stay-at-home mom is never ending. And even though I'm the prime grocery shopper in our family of four, I simply don't have time to scrutinize all the labels on the countless food products I buy. Oh, sure, I've noticed all the latest certification seals. Organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. It definitely seems to be the latest craze. But it was only recently that kosher certification seals caught my attention. You see, my husband had me download an app called Certified, and it shed light on a century-old certification in 
industry that slipped under the radar screen from the majority of our public. I also noticed a question mark at the end of the app name, and that makes great sense as there's far more questions regarding this industry than answers. In fact, the developers refer to this as the kosher question. Sure, I'm a busy mom and didn't pay attention to our food culture, but now I have transparency, a convenient grocery list feature, and the ability to eat in favor of my family's best interests, and you can discover it too at thekosherquestion.com. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, Dr. Bradley, uh, solutions uh, are in order. And I think George Washington points out solutions, and we can do the same, sir. Well, indeed we can. Uh, going back to his farewell address, and then if I hope we've got time to just spend a minute or two on his uh, Thanksgiving proclamation that he gave in in 1798. But um, but here's fundamental things again. Going back to his farewell address, let's talk about that for a minute. Think of what unites us. Think of what made us what we are. And here's what he, he wrote. Citizens by birth or choice of a common country, that country has a right to concentrate your affections. The name of American, which belongs to you in your national capacity, must always exalt the just pride of patriotism more than any appellation derived from local discriminations. With slight shades of difference, you have the same religion, manners, habits, and political principles. You have in common cause fought and triumphed together. The independence and liberty you possess are the work of joint councils and joint efforts of common dangers, suffering, and success. See, America came together with all of the differences we had and the, the uniquenesses that we have as individuals and as, even as states. But the fact of the matter is there was a uniting force that brought us together as a nation. And, and, and he had you know, spent the first eight years of you know, the first presidency, if you will, and, and uh, basically set the, set the path for the nation. And he's saying, look what brought us together. And again, he talks about the commonalities that we have. You know, by the way, the name American. This hyphenated nonsense, this is balkanization of America. This is something, you know, as we talk about the schisms that Let's are attempted clear, to be made. It's intentional balkanization of America. This is not by it accident. Is. This is intentional to divide, folks. Let's be clear. If, if you, by the way, I say balkanization, and most people, huh? What's that mean? Go back and look what happened to the former Yugoslavia. They split that up upon fragmenting lines that divided into one of the greatest disasters, human, uh, uh, you know, human... Instead of creating American heritage and having people become Americans, acknowledging their different roots, that's fine. But what they do is they double down on people's heritages and people create enclaves. And what you really have is a, a, an intentional dividing of the nation based on um, your race your religion, your whatever they want to use. Primarily it's race, though, uh, and, and historical roots, and they will basically divide you into these subpopulations and groups, these factions that fight, is what happens, Doctor. And, indeed, and, and you look at what happened in the former Yugoslavia in the uh, 1990s. It created one of the, the greatest disasters and human migration that, that has been in, in modern history altogether. By the way, I would remind you that Bosnia-Herzegovina, was where World War One started. I believe that the um, that the future 
conflict in Europe was started again in Bosnia Herzegovina with the migrations of of divergent and uh, separating uh, segments of society all over Europe. I mean, I think that that the natural cultures of Germany and France and many of these others have been actually lost because of this. The hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that have come there to divide and conquer, if you will. And and, and here in America, we brought people together and merged. In fact, our, our immigration policy said no, no country can give more than 7% in a given year because we wanted to be able to maintain that possibility of no... Uh, fragmentation becoming preeminent above, above everything. So this idea, you know, with slight shades of difference, you have the same religion, manners, habits, and political principles. That really ought to be what we think about. Now, I know that we're going to run out of time pretty quick. I'll bring this up right now because uh, back in in 1789, the the Congress that created the first, what is now our First Amendment, and sent it off to the states for ratification, also required that same day, September 26, 1789, uh, sent a resolution to George Washington requiring him to declare a national day of thanksgiving and prayer. He did that. Uh, he released that on the 3rd of, of October. And again, this is this is something, I believe, that captures the essence. If there was no other evidence... The fact that uh, the founders did not intend to be there an adversarial relationship between God and government, this would do it. The men that created what is our First Amendment with that freedom of religion also said we need to recognize the hand of God in our nation's lives. And, uh, and so uh, he, he just I'm just going to take a little snippet out of this, uh, talking about uh, uh, that we need to devote to that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence in the course and conclusion of the late war, for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty which we have since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been able enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted, for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed, and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge and in general for all the great and various favors which he has been pleased to confer upon us. And then he goes on to ask that our national sins be pardoned and and I, I mean, it, I, I just would love to read the whole thing to you, but the fact of the matter is, Americans have forgotten this. We've become filled with acrimony, with this, um, you know, things that divide us, that have been fostered and encouraged, and as you point out, how the national media and the party spirit and everything has basically built a nation that is designed to be destroyed at this point. And when people think of the George Washington address back in 1789, the Thanksgiving address that relates to this, uh, it was said that a wall came down. So there was a lot of separation in their day, too. This is nothing new, folks. But he literally brought down a wall of separation on that day with his words about turning to God and realizing that we are a people that have way more in common than we have in division. But if we focus on the division, it becomes uh, like the, the... 
uh, beam in your own eye and you can't see the moat in your neighbor's eye kind of an idea. You get to where you're so single focused on the division that you can't see the forest through the trees. And at George Washington articulately points us to God, points us as one people to say, look, let's not have these factions and these divisions and this hatred and this anger and these walls up. Let's yank the walls down. Let's not seek for power. Let's seek to pull it down. Let's focus on who we are as sons and daughters of Almighty God, and let's look to there in God for our solutions. Let's look to one another who have most in common as our solutions. Let's have respect and dignity and civility amongst us. And really, that was the message, and it was said that he tore down a great wall at that time. Well, you, you know, you, uh, you ask for solutions. This is, again, going back to that proclamation that we may unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform all our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as have shown kindness to us, and to bless them with good governments, peace and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue, and the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best. There you have it. In my opinion, an outline for a restoration that absolutely has at its core and center a turning to God. Now, by the way, as I see all of the the things that are undermining, destroying the greatness of this nation, as I see, you know, national calamities, as I see weather, as I see uh, wars, as I see uh, difficulties in, in food distribution, whatever it is, I rarely, if ever, see or hear of anybody in this nation that ever recognizes that maybe some of these are chastenings of God. Just maybe, just maybe. Oh, we talked about it God. daily on the broadcast, my brother. Well, I know we do, but most people don't, my friend. I, I mean, you're right. They do, not, they, they do not recognize the hand of God in their blessings or in their challenges. And, and this they idea, will never have solid, real, long-lasting solutions until they do. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And, and America and its greatness and its goodness that it's formerly had is being completely eviscerated by by the pontifications and the wranglings and the the ramblings and uh, of people that are not I would not I would not trust them to watch a house plant or a goldfish if I had one because they are incapable of having the true spirit of what their role is the oath they take to a constitution to uphold it everything they I swear most of them have their fingers crossed behind their back. They're going to, they lie through their teeth. They immediately begin signing executive orders, and, and they seek after uh, uh, bills in Congress, and they rule in courts contrary to everything that made this nation what it was. It's and I'm not here to attack to... President Trump, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not here to attack anybody, but I am here to say when I believe that a, that a, that a push is wrongheaded, when we're using the mainstream press with partisan politics, with big money, with influential people, with and you put all that together and they've got this massive push. By golly, it's the Republicans in 22 are going to save all of you. And in 24, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to abhor all the evil and replace it with good. And okay, These are lies. 
They may be well-intentioned. They may not be, uh, you know, people may not intend to lie, but it isn't the truth, right? And, and, and so I don't mean to attack anyone. What I do mean to do, though, is say the course that we're on, if we're going to embrace that train track, you're going to roll to nowhere in a hurry, and it's going to be nothing but disappointment, disappointment along your way. If you want to follow George Washington's guidance from his incredible farewell address in uh, 1796, and you want to learn from his um, proclamation for Thanksgiving, 1789, and you want to look where peaceful solutions are, there are the answers. Okay, and we need to look back and then we need to humble ourselves and study and pray and embrace and repent. And when we do those things, we have a great chance to jump on the train, well, go in the right direction to restore the republic, sir. Oh, we do. Uh, but, but, but that's the, the problem is that, that we put our hope in parties very often and, and really the principles should be it. We, we are. Our royalty does not run to a party or to a, a man or woman. Our, our royalty should obviously run to God. And God operates based upon principles that he has established. And, and we can prove this. The, looking at the founder's mentors, for example, if you look at Blackstone and what he said, he said God obeys his laws. God is governed by his laws. They're just and they're holy. And, and that's the basis of what our law should be. And so if we run our, our loyalty to man or party, we're going to fail. If we run to God and principles, we will succeed. And that's kind of where we are at this point in the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Solutions Oriented Liberty Roundtable Live on the air six days a week, two hours a day on the Sabbath we rest. Archives and notes are at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word and tell your neighbor. Live and on-demand, radio free at your fingertips. Dr. Bradley's incredible information, his Collegiate Series to Preserve the Nation, his website, freedomsrisingsun.com. With well over a 1,000 videos, you can become a member and help grow what he's doing as he continues to conduct weekly webinars and more Q&As on the Constitution. It's a fantastic time. freedomsrisingsun.com. For Sam and the Good Doctor, Dr. Scott Bradley, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.